into a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find somewhere close we don't want to walk far you're in the cool room i'm damien gibson and i've for once i've caught david off guard my word you have (laughs) he's red wine in one hand mobile in the other uh slippers on this is the most relaxed I've ever seen you, ever. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm clearly at some distance. Oh, hang on. Yeah, that's it. Hello. <laughs> I think David's taking photos for our Instagram. I am. Yes. We're in the cool room. Hello, David. How are you? I'm quite well. I'm in my house. I mm. First time I've ever podcast from my own house, I it think. Is. It is. It's the first time I've ever podcast in slippers. It's probably the first time I've ever podcast with red wine in my hand. You look so, so happy and comfortable right now. And I've come from work and all I've done is whinge for 25 minutes while you've just sat there like, life's pretty good, man. <laughs> I put the cat out. That's true. You did put the cat out. <laughs> I've opened a 1999, you know, Shadow to Book. Uh, <laughs> Sizzle Town-esque. <laughs> Uh, sound effects. That was pretty good, actually. It was pretty good. <laughs> um, How was your nice? day? Is How the wine day? nice? It's lovely. I love Charitabilk. Ah, I have a scar still. That <laughs> it's I, truelessness. That I got there um, when my mum and dad went there for a winery tour. Little- Presumably you were there as well? Or did they bring the I was scar there. back for you? In a no, little- I was there. <laughs> they bring a-, a scar back from your little box and go, oh, we've got a <laughs> yeah. novelty scar, Damien. Let's put it on you. I'll wear it for the rest of my life. Uh, no, I tripped over a log onto a long neck bottle and uh, I was about four or five. And uh, that Long was- neck or a Jeroboam? No, it was a long neck. It was my dad, my dad's mate Rob's long neck of Melbourne. And uh- <laughs> and um yeah, that was the end of their trip to the winery, their nice little trip to the winery. One of many occasions that I've ruined for my mum and dad over the years. <laughs> I love the Tabooks. Yes, but that's where we... Hmm. I think that's where we were. Hmm. That's in Victoria, isn't it? It is, absolutely. No, it's up sort of down the side of Bendigo. And yes. It's, uh... Well, that makes sense because Michelle and Brian... Anyway, it makes sense that we're in Bendigo. <laughs> um, my day is fine. You've, I've been at work, so I'm not going to bore mm. our listeners with that. I've been I just, out. You've just had to put up with a, <laughs> a full I've rundown been out of what's to been going Moondog on. to yeah. view their new facilities for the second time. Yes. So it's we, magnificent. Yeah, the first episode we had of season two, we kind of touched on uh, Moondog's new premises out in Preston um, and all the crazy things that they were going to do. They're now actually doing them. Oh, they've done them. Right. I'm not allowed to uh, apparently show the images yet. Right. They have a see-through cool room and we have been invited to go and do a podcast <laughs> from the entirely glass cool room. <laughs> All right. Done. Deal. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not. Okay. Well, let's maybe leave I, it I there, wasn't but... allowed to say that. Okay. But thank you, Moondog, <laughs> for an, a really fun day. Um, yeah, so that's the grand final day. They're looking to open that. Yeah. Um, is the... It's going to be the most awesome space in Melbourne. My question to them was, as a, obviously a person who sells craft beer, Mm. how does anyone sell craft beer in Melbourne once they've opened that space? 
with <laughs> 14 different bars, secret bars. Right. Um, yeah, it's going to be terrible for everyone else who's selling beer. <laughs> Good on them. Well, I mean, not everyone can get out to Preston to have a beer. So uh, everyone's going to Preston. It's the end of it's the end of the world as we know it. And now I feel fine. Now I got REM in my head, and I'm a much happier boy than I was ten minutes ago. And and welcome to the general theme of the evening about the depression of owning bars and pubs. Leanne from Pinoak Beer and Wine will be joining us soon. She's leaving. I've just been informed via text message. The uh, Pinoak Beer and Wine. Right, so she'll be Making here in about 48 seconds. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that chat with Leanne. That'll be uh, good. Um, I suppose we'll quickly plug uh, the events that we've got coming up. So on the 24th of August is the first birthday for um, the Royal Mail on Spencer. Correct, Amundo. Um, 519 to 523, according to Google. Uh, <laughs> we love you, Google. Uh, so this podcast, if you're listening to it, would have come out well, the first birthday is tomorrow. Yes. So uh, come down. I'll be there. David will be there. Leanne will yep. probably be there. Uh, most of our guests, I think, will probably yep. make the an cat appearance. That I put out the window, Mike. The cat will be there. The dogs will be there. <laughs> um, so that's a, a high, fish in a bag. <laughs> we're having a high tea theme for that. So that'll yeah. be. There's some amazing cool. things. If you haven't already checked out the Facebooks to see what that will be. Have a look. Yeah. And the the recent guests are, are people who are contributing beers and stuff to that event as well. So um, you can listen to those podcasts. If you're listening to this one now and you're on the way to the pub, maybe you can listen to those podcasts in the pub. Um, I don't know. Just listen to them. They're interesting yeah. anyway. Um, we have got grand final day. Uh, oh, no. We're going up against Moondock. We are. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the Vietnamese theme. Um, with Moondog Bundy Beer. Again. Yes. Yeah. So we're not really in competition with those guys. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> we and gonna, we'll lose. We're going to lose <laughs> badly. Um, and uh, there's the uh, a few sort of special things happening for Talica, which is happening later in the, the yeah, year. Our kind of monster. It's still such a great name. So that 6.66%. Will there'll be a podcast uh, all around that and the things that we're uh, doing, getting that happening for the pub and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, but that'll be a little bit later on. Um, but, yeah, I suppose that's probably all we need to... Yeah, Leanne will walk in the door in a minute. And if you haven't already headed down to Pinot Beer and Wine... Yes. Uh, ...do so. It's mm. where... We all hang out during the week when we're not at the Royal Mail. Mm. And, um, Just across the road from uh, Newmarket Station. So it was ridiculous, convenient. And you don't have to bring a car. Mm. You can spend all night getting trolleyed and then get on a trolley, go home. And we'll go and open the front door <laughs> of my house now. And welcome Leanne yeah, in. We'll see you in three seconds after you hear, you'll hear Bob Evans for about five seconds and then Leanne. Inside, up there on the left, just past those lights. We've been there before, yeah, that place is alright. Let's pull up a stool and settle in for the night. Alright, so we've opened the door, and Leanne's walked in, and we've poured her a glass of wine. <laughs> and now she's sitting down, and you look quite nervous, and I'm not really sure why, because we all know each other very well. We it's do. interesting. Just jump in here. Just jump right into the microphone, <laughs> Leanne. 
Actually, we should probably put. We probably should have tested it, Mike, before we started. Eh? No, no, no. It'd be fine. We'll just do the interview. We've had a worse conference. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, interview over. It is. And I told you, David, I was going <laughs> to completely forget the questions. At least you remember her name, mate. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, I usually don't remember anyone's names at all. Like, I will ask them before we start three or four times and then I write them down and then I can never find the piece of paper that I've written their name down on. <laughs> it's so true. It's <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Um, Shall we just start with the traditional yes. questions? Yep, let's do that. Okay. Leanne? When did you <laughs> the look in Damien's eye is fantastic. <laughs> when did you get... I'm just going to start saying this question instead of the usual. When did you get drunk for the first time? Do you know what? I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this and I can't remember the first time I was drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in a country town, uh, it was house parties. Yeah. Drinking, um, I'm sorry to say this, but UDLs and. No, that's almost. Spumante. <laughs> two Weird. Spumante. Ah, spumante. Don't drink anything that ends in a vowel. <laughs> Did we have spumante on the last episode? We definitely had spumante before. Mm. Yeah. It's so. a classic 90s beverage of choice when you've you've got $2.99 to yeah. your name and you can get a bottle of that. I've got two ninety nine dollars <laughs> <laughs> And a bottle of spumante. <laughs> I remember all the, uh, not to, um, you know, generalise or anything, but I'm about to. <laughs> Well, just all the girls, like at our parties, it would be a similar sort of thing. Where all the girls would buy bottles of Spumani and UDLs and the boys would drink beer. Yeah. 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 They were very much like gender Mm. divides between awful (laughs) booze. Well, we'd buy those dirty, like those blocks of red, like it was like Uh. red lager or whatever. It wasn't even a thing. Yeah, No, it was just called like red lager. It was this weird... I don't know where it was from, who made it. It wasn't oh. to his room. I don't rem- remember that one. No, no. It was Maybe it didn't make it all the way down the Broadmeadows line from Broadmeadows <laughs> to the, the city. Country. That's right. Um, what kind, what flavour you deal? Uh, was your favourite? Orange. Definitely yeah. orange. <laughs> orange and vodka? <laughs> yep. Yep. Classic. Um, so I don't remember the first time getting drunk, but I do remember the drive home back to my parents' home because <laughs> my mum used to very nicely come pick me up at midnight yeah. and she would not go to the party but wait at the mall, which right. was in the centre of town. Not the mall. It, well, yeah, the mall. <laughs> <laughs> no shame there. Don't worry. <laughs> the Donald mall. And um, she would wait for me there and I'd sit in the car and remember being, I'm fine. She doesn't know I've been drinking. Yeah. For the whole 10 minutes, and I'm convinced that she knew. She <laughs> definitely knew. I, I think she, I think she no. probably did. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but briefly, with the first time I drank vodka all night, I got so drunk that I literally had a fist fight with a lemon tree. Right. I don't know what that was about. I don't remember it. I got told this the next yeah. day. It might, you've never actually sat well with citrus ever since, have you? It's a, <laughs> every time I sit them down, can you cut up some lime to put in the air? You go, I'll oh, like cut up the bloody lime, my friend. I will like cut up the lime. Citrus plants, David, they come over here. They take <laughs> they take good Australian uh, trees jobs. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, my dad came and picked me up. We had cricket training, and it was a similar sort of thing, like indoor cricket training, where I was like, 
He doesn't know. He has no idea that I slept next to a lemon tree all night. <laughs> that I beat after up. I fought, yeah, after I beat the crap out of it. Uh, until I got to cricket training and he put me in front of a bowling machine and put the bowling machine on at about 140 yeah. kilometers oh. an hour and then left me in front of it for half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. By about the third time I got hit in the chest with a cricket ball, I was pretty sure I knew yeah. Yeah. dad knew. Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad. <laughs> It was aggressive, passive-aggressive yeah. behaviour from my dad. Um, you've done heaps in hospitality, which we'll get into in a second, but do you remember, like, a particular sort of drink or even just a moment where you realise, like, this is something that you were passionate about? Uh, I think for me the drinking culture or the or the beer culture in Melbourne shifting when mm. I went overseas. So I'd been living in Richmond and working in pubs in Richmond. Yeah. And I uh, remember the craft beers being uh, very minimal. We had Mountain Goat yeah. and Coopers. And then being away from Melbourne for five years and coming back and the scene had completely changed. Yeah. And that was probably when I went, oh, hang on, this is actually really cool. Hmm. And it's, there's lots of flavors and, you know, new interesting products to try. And I kind of went, actually, I'm really interested in this. Yeah. Was there a pub or a beer or something where that moment happened? Or uh, Not really. I'd probably say from living in Ireland, drinking Guinness yeah. was definitely when I started going, oh, there's actually more than lager and the lighter style ales. Hmm. And then coming back and just having all of these different options and being able to try different things and went from there so there wasn't uh i guess it already started a little bit because i was drinking the mountain goat hightail mm. which had just come out before yeah. i left overseas so i had a little bit of a taste and for did it. you get to the brewery and in those I, days or? I did actually live on the same street as that's mountain yes goat. <laughs> <laughs> this is when they were on crown street yeah. still before they moved to the bigger premises so it was only open one f- friday or a saturday yeah. a month yeah so I tried to go a couple of times, once or twice. <laughs> it's interesting how, like, Guinness, I think Guinness has probably been mentioned three or four times in the interviews that we've done of, like, being a sort of gateway drink to expanding people's palates rather than just Vic or yeah, Melbourne. Or something, yeah. yeah, something other than the norm. Yeah. Yeah, and then going, oh, well, I like that. Maybe I'll try a different sort of stout or something along those yeah. lines and then going. Because I would not have that. even tried a stout, even wanted to try a stout beforehand, yeah. I don't think. And it was like, I always say, when you're overseas, you drink what the locals drink. Yeah. And mm. um, went to the brewery in Dublin, and that was where I had my first Guinness. Yeah. And it was, really? Yeah, it was delicious. And Your then, first Guinness was in the Guinness factory? In the, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. On the top. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we don't like it, Leanne. That's why we don't like it. Yeah. That was my f- first. <laughs> I don't need to fuck around. <laughs> yeah. So you did the tour, you tried a few things, and then you got to go to the top um into the bar there and have a guinness so that's where it all started nice when you're not at your own bar where do you like to have a drink in melbourne that's a really good question you don't have to say david's pub (laughs) (laughs) everyone goes to do that to get brownie points but you don't have to go to the Royal Mail. You don't have to say the Royal Mail. Well, Spencer, Spencer Street, West Melbourne. <laughs> three, I six, won't three. say <laughs> it, but it is where I spend a little bit of my time. Um, it's challenging now going to places 
because I just don't have the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's something I need to do more of because you need to be able to see what other venues are doing mm. and and um, compare, you know, different products and styles and all that kind of stuff. I find that. It's an absolutely sensible thing yeah. to say. But the reality is at the moment I'm spending my time in a 500-metre radius from my house. <laughs> yeah, which includes your own bar. <laughs> yes, so. yes. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time there. Um Six days a week at the moment. Yeah. So not much time for other things. Well, before before you opened, you know, Pinnock, where were you drinking before? Uh, I probably was spending a little bit of time at um, the Drunken Poet, sort of going back to the Guinness, um, (laughs) one of the best um, pubs that has Guinness in Melbourne. Um, Spending a fair bit of time there. Um, But my favourite... Type of venue is that country, oh no, it's not country pub, but that pub, yeah, that locals pub. Yeah. Mm. So I was spending a little bit of time in North Melbourne and all those sort of inner cities going to these cute little pubs where there's a publican behind the bar who knows everyone's name. Yeah. And it helps. Beer doesn't get poured if there's no one behind the bar. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> Self-serve. Yeah, I've tried seeing the other side of the bar and just eventually people just wander off when no one's yeah. serving them beer. So. Yeah, I've, seen you, I've seen you on the other side of the bar a few times. Oh, I'm saying I've, I've, I've given it a crack. So. But then if they go behind the bar and start serving themselves. Oh, yeah, I've been a crack about that as well. So. <laughs> I have heard, heard you utter it's serve yourself Sunday. Yeah, but I've, well. I've <laughs> honestly, serve yourself Saturday, serve yourself Friday. <laughs> so let's not dwell on that thought now, David. Especially Anne's drinking experience, not my yeah, bad public experience. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you lived overseas for a bit. Is there a particular place, either in Ireland or any, anywhere on earth, that you like to, that's your favourite place to have a drink? Um, I would definitely say um, there was a little pub in Galway, which is where I was living, mm. called Nocton's, and it was just that typical Irish tiny little pub, yeah. tiny little snugs where, you know, it should really fit four people and then ten people are trying to squeeze in there. Yeah. And it's just all, all of them are the same. It's just an extension of your lounge room. So you walk in, you've got the coat on, beanie, it's cold. Mm. You take all that off, you sit down, you've got – you know, a hot whiskey or a cup of tea even or a beer. Yeah. And it's like you're being in someone's lounge room. Yeah. And all the people do it there. Singing at the end of the night? There's sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few Irish tunes. Yeah. Like what? Did you get involved? Oh, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Boomtown Rats? No. No? Um, yeah, Black Velvet Band. band. <laughs> you too. Play Black Velvet Band, I said. <laughs> Oh, raise the oh, shot. No, we're going to move on to the next question. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> um, what's the funniest or weirdest thing you've seen in a courtroom or uh, done oh. or been there or... Um, in pubs? Well, yeah. Um, had, we had someone tell a story about a butcher's courtroom, which was hilarious and disgusting. Yeah, confronting, I think, my butcher's courtroom. So, any kind of courtroom. Um, the cool room for me was always that safe place where you could go and <laughs> get away and hide and I shut can the door. really identify with that. And, you know, there's no, you can't hear all of the noise from out, outside. Mm-hmm. You just, it's just the fan. <laughs> Ooh, I 100% yeah. get that. And it was where I'd go and have my dinner. 
you know, five really? hours after it would be made. Because <laughs> we would put, if you didn't get a chance to eat your staff meal, you'd put it into the cool room. So yeah. whenever you had a chance, you'd go in there and you'd just be eating what you could and then you'd go back out. And yeah. um, sometimes there'd be staff drinks all lined up on the shelf as well. Yeah. It was just our little safe place. So I wouldn't say funny. But definitely... That's not bad. I haven't heard mm. of people eating their staffy in the cool room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but is that sort of thing of, like, at the moment, we're in the middle of winter in Australia. Yeah. It's that sort of notion of no one wants to be in the cool room, but you forget what it's like in summer. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's oh, I'm happy to get the cool room and... And volunteering to clean it. Yep. For two hours. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if anyone's looking for me, I'm doing a stock take in the cool room. That was, oh, it's because that sort of yeah. space you want to be in and you rearrange it the way you want it to be yeah. arranged and, hmm. yeah. But, but even just can, a, You can make it your own space. Well, I just... At Mr. Griffiths, people were constantly, you know, on 40, yeah. 35 degree days going, oh, I think we might be out of Sierra Nevada. I'll just go and grab a couple of Sierra Nevada. It's like, we couldn't fit any more Sierra Nevada <laughs> into that fridge if we tried. We couldn't have But before fit, you yeah. could say that, that person had already, they were already yeah. in the cool room. Yeah. The door's just closed, they can't hear you. <laughs> and basically at the end of the night, I would unpack people and pay for them. Go, oh, how long have you been in the cool room now? <laughs> <laughs> Where is everybody? I'll go yeah. and check in the corner. There's six staff in yeah. there. <laughs> Just having a cocktail party. <laughs> um, the escape. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Speaking um, of Mr. Griffiths, you had intense on Mr. Griffiths at one stage. I did. Road. I did. I actually went and um, checked it out because I've been looking for a venue for well, altogether 10 years, but seriously, probably the last three years oh probably more than that since i've been back in melbourne so which is five years yes and i sort of got a bit drunk one night and wandered in and sort of took that space but yes you did i'll never forgive you <laughs> <laughs> which is why you never came on the podcast before now anyway now that we've got that out of the way <laughs> Oh, this is the thawing of the Cold War <laughs> that is. I didn't know existed because you guys talk all the time and hang out. <laughs> yeah. So, We've what's the story it. behind this? So, you had your eye, you had your eye on the Mr. Griffiths yeah, space, and then so David and Rob just swooped in. Yes, that's exactly took what it. happened. <laughs> in fairness, you went off to one of those sort of you know great Melbourne beery shindigs, whatever they were called. Beery shindig. Yes. <laughs> it's not a bad name for a beer festival, actually. Yeah, uh, beer shindig. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> TM, David Griffiths, 2019. Yeah, because I'd been looking at, I think, every possible venue in the western suburbs. Yeah. And I uh, went in there and you were there <laughs> by chance. And <laughs> it was discussed, oh, did you know this place is up for sale? It's like, oh. I didn't realise at the time that a little light had started to flicker <laughs> And, um, At that stage, I was just an anonymous public servant yeah. and president of a bowls club. <laughs> Some oh. guy that I knew from around the Flemington, Kensington area. <laughs> and the, then you launched off to go to the, uh, what was it, the... Uh, Ballarat? No, the exhibition buildings. Oh, Gabs. Yeah. Oh, okay. We jumped so, on the bus and we went, we were drinking beer and we went to a beer festival after that. What, together? I'm no, no, Jen and I just and Jen and I just stayed at Mr. Griffiths and eventually took it over. <laughs> they never left. Oh, they never left. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. And then, so when I walked past that time you guys were in the window, that was like the day after or something? Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's, that would have been a while ago. So what's been yeah. like, what what has been the process from David and Rob robbing your dreams <laughs> and you getting the well? New in hindsight, <laughs> I think it was a blessing. Yeah. Mm. Um, for me, I just it was too big a space. I think for me, and I didn't have the money. Yeah. To be able to do it, so I was deciding then to look at an empty space. Yeah. And. Um, I thought it'd be a lot cheaper, not all the upfront fees. I can stagger out the costs. Mm. Um, in hindsight, that obviously doesn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing works. Is that, no. is that the message? The yeah. 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 That'll so, be my message to the kids listening. Yeah. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> Nothing <bother>. ever works. <laughs> it's all too hard. What's been, I mean, obviously there's a lot of difficulties with setting up a small business, but what's been the hardest thing for you so far? I think it's definitely the finances it's the the worrying about will i have enough money to cover the the bills this week Mm. can i afford to hire staff and do i have to still have my full-time job while i'm trying to work um open the venue which i did for the first uh six months four months something Mm. like that yeah so trying to have those outside pressures as well as trying to keep the the business going and things changing and things like that which I don't think will ever go away. No. I mean, that's one of the nice things for me in a, in a bad sense is that you and I can sit down and have those conversations pretty much weekly. Yeah. It's a good I sort of debrief. I go on a Wednesday night and that's exactly the concerns that I have and it's it wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I think. It's everyone who sort of goes, oh, wouldn't it be great to own a pub? Wouldn't it be great to own a bar or whatever else? Hmm. It's scary as buggery. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want this podcast to be. It's kind of why I wanted you guys both to be on it. Damien, you've sort of been around for one year or more, Hmm. three years now basically, Hmm. putting it with me, being stressed at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) And you and I, we sit down, you know, talk at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night about what it's like to go, what are we doing next week? How do we get through next week? Yeah. None of us have sort of the money that goes, do you, oh, we're right for the next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's that bit of, like, how do we get through the next week? And what do you do, like, when that comes up, what do you guys do? Do you, like, get up out of bed and look at spreadsheets and try and calm yourself down that way? Or is that no. just, would that just be the worst thing? <laughs> I've, got no, I've got no do. spreadsheet that makes me sleep better. <laughs> No, do I just, don't think that would work at all. Just roll over and go back to sleep and worry about it the next day? Or? No, roll over and shiver and stay awake for a long time. It's my answer. <laughs> right. Genuinely. Like, I yeah. I don't sleep within yeah. that space. Yeah. Yeah. You try to go back to sleep, but it doesn't always work out that way. Hmm. No, you just get up and do it again. And it's just a, mm. it's just a day-to-day thing. Yeah. It's scary as buggering. Mm. Yeah. Well, it is that thing you don't, you know, you know what, like just watching, getting to know people who are, who are running bars and pubs now. Because you just, you, when you're 25 years old, like I was playing in bands and stuff and I was like, oh, you know, eventually I think I'll probably just save up some money and like start a bar because you think mm. that's going to be super easy. You just buy beer, you sell beer talk and talk mm. to people and that's it. But it's so much harder than that it's hours on end of yeah. like talking and having the same conversations with people and then you know cash it 
income problems mm. and all that kind of stuff. It's it's not glamorous. No, oh, not at all. Oh, there's nothing glamorous about it, <laughs> which I, I have no regrets about. But for me, and I guess this is sort of the conversation, which is why we wanted to do the one year sort of birthday thing, mm. which is, yeah, for me, it's still cleaning the dunnies. It's still yeah. being <laughs> yeah. there, you know, you lock up and you do two hours afterwards of just cleaning glasses off tables mm. and stuff. Well, I don't regret it in the least. Yeah. But it's hard, buddy, yakka. Yeah. And when you're 45 and you're... Genuinely, I'm not 23. I yeah. just don't sling kegs around like I used to. Yeah. It's it's hard, man. Mm. Yeah. And I find it's the standing at the bar serving the customers is the easiest part. Yeah. Totally. Like, that's easy. It's everything else that goes on in the background. Like what? It, yeah, just like I said, the managing of the finances, the staff, yeah. the ordering thinking about what to do next month if we do an event or mm. what works, what doesn't work, the stuff that keeps you up at night. Yeah. yeah. And then you're relying on, I mean, there's other factors like relying on uh, distributors and stuff to, you know, to have things arrive on time and when they say they're going to and, you know, which, I mean, all businesses have. Yeah, you know, yeah, sort they do. Of have those pressures. But when you're an owner-operator, you know, I can only imagine how stressful. Yeah, the staff's a big bit. Yeah. Yeah. We we love our staff and we sort of, you know, find our staff over time, don't we? Mm. And then staff <laughs> find other things to do with their time. <laughs> well, okay, God. <laughs> Realise it's going to be a guilt trip. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. It's no, a, well, yeah. To have, to have faith in someone to open your business, put, you know, all of the money that you have in their hands and then, mm. you know... Come back two or three That's days. That's a big leap of yeah. faith. Yeah, yeah and hope sure. it's still all there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all my booze and money's still here. That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never really thought about that before. That how much of a leap of faith? Why do I keep saying faith? I've even too many glasses of water. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Mark my tits on water. Um, you've been doing like I don't really know your backstory that well as far as hospo is concerned so you said you moved to ireland is that when you started working in hospitality no i've been working in hospitality since i left high school right so moved to melbourne from country town and uh, the typical i think country student story moved to melbourne went to melbourne uni i think our stories are a little bit similar Hmm. dave um went to melbourne uni for a year or so uh, started working in hospitality to pay the bills, which was essentially my beer money. <laughs> Dave, it's pouring some wine. There's an expert at work there, people. <laughs> and everything possible. <laughs> if you can pour wine, please come and see me at the Royal Mount Hotel. <laughs> you can do it better than I can do. And you've got the job. <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. Um yeah, so working like, around uni, around yeah, uni? Yeah, so around uni. Um, in Carlton? No, I was working in Southgate, actually, at a little place oh. that was next to PJ O'Brien's, yeah. which is now part of PJ O'Brien's. Um, worked there, gave up uni for a year. No, yeah. it was six months, six months to have a break yeah. and pretty much never went back. Right. So I've been full-time hospo since uh, 1920. Yeah, right. Mm. 
and worked in... 1920 was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it a while. It was between the wars. It was the it roaring was 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne, it was a city on the move. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so you obviously love it. Like, if yep. you just, like, what was it about Hospo that... I don't really know. It's definitely not the long hours and the bang on your feet and (laughs) drunk people. Yeah, listen to people's opinions about the footy. That's always my favourite bit of working behind the bar. I can't. You never heard anyone talk people's opinions about. You never heard anyone talk about politics, mate. But isn't that usually anything like that? When I'm drunk, yes, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I see myself reflected in. Oh yes, yes. You know what I mean. That's why I don't like it. I think for me it was all the team um, that, like, the hospitality, mm. you become a yeah, family. The camaraderie. Yeah, like definitely. You, everyone would work together, work really hard, all knock off, have a drink together. Mm. Um, you know, you'd be socialising with the people that you worked with. You wouldn't see any of your other normal friends. and You just became mm. this really tight-knit little family. And I worked mm. in some venues that I absolutely loved. Yeah. And worked so, there for which, So which ones were those? I worked at Spleen mm. for a little while. Oh, yeah. So that was two or three years there. We had a tiny team as well as five, five of us that worked there. Um, I worked at the Grand in Richmond. Yeah. So it's a pub, but it had a formal dining room attached to it. Mm. And I was in the dining room. So um, I was there for about three years. Um, that's when I went overseas. So I went to Ireland, yeah. worked in a little wine bar there. And then I went to Hamilton Island. Oh, wow. After that for three or so years. Yeah. yeah. And was that something that you would, like, was that another reason to stay in hospitality that it afforded you to be able to travel yeah, and stuff? Yeah, definitely. So I'd pretty much had worked for six months and then you'd take three months off. Mm. And yeah, You'd go right. travelling and then you'd come back and you knew that you could always get work as soon as you got back. Mm. You just had to, like, hospitality with some experience. It was like one day and you had a new job. Yeah. Mm. You might have liked it, but you had a job and you had some money and you just would save again. And now my last five years I've been training hospitality. So I've been oh, teaching yeah. RSAs and food handling and so foreign hospitality. So I've okay. been in an office role, but still hospitality. So like at the front of a group of 18-year-old yeah, yeah. <laughs> kids and sometimes 37-year-old men uh, getting their RSA. Yep. Yeah? Yep. And uh, Cert 4 in hospitality was what we did as well, what we do, because I'm still there. <laughs> and you've made the jump into actually running your own joint. Yes. Yeah. That's so, been a 10-year process. So how does that work? Is it scary? To, you know, it is. So most people who sort of listen to the podcast sort of have that, you know, we're all in our 30s or 40s, is mm. pretty much our demographic, that bit. Is it the best thing you've done, the scariest it, thing you've done? It's best the best and scariest and um, it's not an easy process or a quick process either. Like you might think, oh, yeah, it just opened in, you know, a week or so and, you know, my life changed, but it's been a long process. The bar's been open nearly a year, but I've had the keys to the building for nearly two. Yeah. So, like. Yeah, it, right. It's not quick or easy. Or, yeah. Um, so what was been, going on in that? Uh, waiting for council permissions. Oh, council. So it was 10 months. It's another recurring theme that keeps coming up on the podcast as well. So 10 months um, since I got the keys to when we opened, Hmm. which is um, 
a long time to be, yeah. you know, waiting for your business to open. And to, well, be, to, be, blunt, to be losing money. Yeah. Yeah. And so you had to be putting planning permits and stuff through to those guys for them to tick off on? Or yes. Yeah. So I had to change. You were turning that space into a, a Yeah, a new venue. Yeah. So mm. I had to change the use, had to get a liquor license, and they all don't like to talk to each other as easily as you'd think. Mm. And then neighbours um, can object if they have issues, which they did, one neighbour. But we got through that. Mm-hmm. But it just drags everything out. One um, objection means it's a month and then it's another month. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> completely. <laughs> and in the meantime, what little dollars you have yeah. took away. Yeah. So I, I had um, negotiated with my lease. So I had a period of rent-free um, time and I had a get-out-of-jail-free card as well. So I had in my lease... If I didn't have the liquor license by a certain day, I could walk away. Yeah, right. And it got to that certain day and I was really close to pulling the pin because I hadn't really spent any money. Well, I deliberately hadn't spent any money on the venue. Yeah. Um, but I was just I'm like so close to this. Yeah. All it one more month, one more month. And then that became three months and four months. Yeah. And you had obviously a faith in the space. Yeah, yeah, completely. I thought it was the best location that I've looked at over the last 10 yeah. years and I could see its potential because I actually found another space in North Melbourne that was cheaper, mm. was already an established building. Um, can you tell us where had it a was? Kitchen. I don't, can I? I don't know. Um, what was it called? I've completely forgotten. The Town Hall Hotel. That was around the corner <laughs> from the town. Royal Mail. <laughs> yeah, you got David. That one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is it called now? Um, I don't even know. Mr. Uh, Trendy's Trendatorium. <laughs> it was just up Victoria 7-11. Street <laughs> from um, oh, Three okay. Crowns. There's two little little bars together. Yeah. It was one of those. I know. Ex- I know uh, exactly the place. Clever Polly. Right. It was yeah. Clever Polly. And um, the lady who used to that own it came Italian in. was an Italian gentleman's club previously, wasn't it? Oh, really? It? I'm pretty sure. Is that Damien, Damien, I've no, no, no. So, it's so just men. Mate. No. You're not Italian. It's You're not a gentleman. <laughs> That's what they kept and telling yeah, me every time I walked in there. <laughs> uh, no, I only know that because an ex-girlfriend's dad would get, basically spend all of his retirement in that building playing cards and drinking coffee. Yep. Mm. <laughs> anyway, very boring aside. So you were looking. So you were thinking of cutting your losses here and then yep. going yeah. to North Melbourne because it would have uh, been the same amount of money to to cut my losses at yeah. Flemington and then open this one because yeah. it was already established. I'd already had the liquor license, mm. um, but I just thought it's not the right location. Yeah, because it's in between mm. two tram stops. Where I'm now, I'm ten meters from. Nor, um, Newmarket train station. Yeah. Um, I've got a courtyard and I just thought, nah, this is, I was so convinced that it was the right spot. And yeah. week on week it's building. Yes, As a person definitely. who goes and drinks there every week, mm. it really, you can just see how people are coming down more and more, presumably yeah. as spring comes on, as, you know, summer comes on. Yeah, definitely. You must be excited about what what's going to happen next. Yeah, I've, I see it building. Um, it's been probably the last two months. I've really seen momentum, yeah. which is really great because we did have to close for 
three weeks because we had issues with our floor. And yeah. I was really worried that oh, we're Talk about the issues. That's, yeah, that's part of the show. It's part <laughs> the of issues. These, we'd like to tell the stories about what it's actually like to own these things. So yeah. you buy a place, then you have issues with your floor. Yeah, so <laughs> I got the lease and the floor was fine. And then about, I don't know, four months in, there was a little bit of a soft um, place in the floor, which is where we would walk by every day, day yeah. because it was right next to the counter. Yeah. And it was getting softer and softer and bouncier and bouncier. And then <laughs> I asked the landlord to look at it and we had termites. Oh, no. So he ripped up the floor and put concrete down. But So that happened, uh, I think it was February, he looked at it. In the end of April was when they finally started to fix it yeah. because, again, nothing ever happens quickly. <laughs> he had to get council permission and um, trades and all that kind of stuff. So we closed on. Hang on. Sorry. He had to get count. The landlord had to get council permission. Yeah. To fix the floor. Yeah, it's a building a building permission well, is probably what it's called. Yeah. And then mm. to block the street off and all this kind of stuff. Not block the street. <laughs> you got to add them, mate. As soon as you get, as soon as you want to get termites out, you got to block the street, mate. You got to get one of those people out there with the bloody uh, red stop signs so the termites can cross. They're native. They're, right. they're mate. They are a native fucking. <laughs> they're protected Especially species. Especially around here. <laughs> I was literally just imagining you, for some reason, dressed up as a lollipop man, shepherding termites across. Right. I, when, when I do it, I dress as a termite. Yeah, and you're dressed as a termite as well. And you're just going, my pretties, <laughs> across to the train And you've bought each one of them a Mikey as well. Oh, so thoughtful. <laughs> and topped it up with a yearly pass. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, I don't know why the street had to be... Why was this? Oh, I'm they fascinated had to, by the street being blocked off. <laughs> it wasn't the whole street. They had to um, the take Stones a couple of car parks <laughs> to put their truck, the oh, concrete okay. truck. It is, a, it is quite a narrow street. It yeah. is. So, they took up a couple of car spaces and had to get permission for that and there was a big skip out the front. So, there was a fair bit of um, work that went into um, fixing the floor, which I didn't mm. have to worry about at all. And... Um, was just done for me but it took three weeks so yeah. he's like oh it's gonna take two to three weeks you'll be open on this day which was two weeks and then it's like two and a half weeks and it ended up being three weekends that we were closed so yeah, for me right. the weekends are obviously the most important yeah mm. and i was really worried that the momentum would would stop because we were just building up it was winter yeah i'm like people are going to forget about us we haven't been open long enough yeah but since we've been reopened it's just been building and building. I think we have a really nice little vibe in the winter months. It's very cozy. Mm, Whereas before totally. we had, we've got the courtyard and people would not see that the courtyard was full. Right. And they'd be like, oh, it's empty. And just keep walking. Yep. Whereas now they go, oh, look, all those people in there. Look, Dave and Jenna in the front again. Let's go talk to them. <laughs> but it's amazing what difference having one or two people in the front Yeah, people makes. bring people. Yeah. So, I mean, if you literally, if you're listening to this, and going, oh, we should go and support, you know, a Flemington, Kensington business. Hmm. No, go and sit, you know, go and have one glass of wine. In the front window. And it makes such a difference. It does. It really does. Then people come and then you've done your bit. Well, I was just going to ask you, um, the, you know, I've lived in Flemington in the past and, uh, you know, the area where you are is starting to get a reputation for being 
you know, like Luxa King is there and they're very famous. Everyone knows Luxa King and yeah. stuff. But there's more and more places popping up all the time, like Vietnamese restaurants and a couple of Malaysian restaurants and some African restaurants and stuff. Do you find that that is bringing more people in to have a drink afterwards and stuff like that? I would or? say so. Yeah, definitely we get a lot of people who are coming in before they go to, to get a meal, usually at Luxa King, I would say. Hmm. Um, a lot of the locals will venture out and um, to some of the other places. But, yeah, definitely people are coming to Flemington now to go to these yeah. these restaurants because we've got, I think, three African restaurants or hmm. uh, more, um, quite a few restaurants that people are going to, travelling for. I had um, some people from Geelong and Ballarat who were here for a meal and then they popped in and had a drink at the, the bar, which is really good. Purposely come from Ballarat to eat in Flemington? Uh, yeah, Luxor King. Really? Yeah, or they probably would be in Melbourne for other reasons, but they would always go to Luxor King. I mean, Luxor King's King. great, but I would mm. hope so. That's a yeah. long... That's <laughs> 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 just been yeah. on the couch. Fancy at Luxor? I know a place in Flemington. It's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be... Look, I've got a playlist... Like there's one housemate that's had this plan for years, just waiting for someone to say, "I feel like a Luxa." It's like, oh, I've got the Luxa King playlist. <laughs> the car's filled with petrol. Let's go! It's a yeah. four-hour round trip. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> <It's totally worth> <laughs> um, I don't. I have we got any other questions? Oh, well, I guess the the question we always ask is, "What's next?" Yes. Ah, uh, what's next? Or you're not quite in that space yet? No, definitely not. I had uh, <laughs> some customers uh, today who were like, we've got a place in Hobart we want you to take over. And I'm like, oh, okay, that'd be good. Um, I always thought I would have the the country pub somewhere, mm. um, you know, sleepy and retire, but I don't know if that's part of the plan anymore. Too big. Like I like that Pinoak's small and yeah. easy to manage and I don't have to – well, the stresses I've got are already there. Yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> having to deal with cool rooms breaking down and chefs and all those kind of things. Um, yeah, tell much me about it. I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, we've just got through our first year, so maybe the next three years, just baby that steps. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> it's an I amazing think, thing. Yeah. So... Thank you, Leanne, for coming there. Look, it wasn't your preference to come on to the podcast. No, we've been asking <laughs> Leanne. <laughs> so, yeah, basically I go and drink at Leanne's place every week and go, please come on, please come on, please yeah. come on. I'd say and it's taken Royal 50 weeks. Like, you should yeah. come on the podcast and do our podcast. And Leanne, like, I hate that idea. <laughs> I really don't want to do that. So, I'm like, thank you very much for doing it. Um, Pleasure. Do you have social media Yes. Things that people can look we at. Do. On we do. We have um, the things we have uh, Instagram and Facebook. So mm-hmm. it's just Pinoak Beer and Wine, um, which I try and post our events and all the amazing beers that we, we get in. And um, we've got a pretty small little list, but there's about 50 different craft beers and another 50 or so uh, small independent wine, wineries that we have. Um, trying to keep it independent and local because that's what I am. Yeah. Um, support the little guys. Um, so, yeah, Instagram and Facebook. And that's where all of our information is. Cool. And first birthday. Not on TikTok. This weekend. What? I don't know. <laughs> I only found out about it today. I was trying is, to sound cool. Uh, Damn it. Stop doing the anything, mate. We've, we've had this discussion. 
I don't know what that is. So I'm just going to do some bleak facing on TikTok. <laughs> Come down and see Leanne in Pinot Crescent. Yeah, so it's, it's our an first amazing space birthday and this yeah. weekend. Yes, well, yeah. this will be co- yeah, this will be coming out. Uh, the is it the same day you guys have got? The ninth is so Friday is our first birthday. Ah, so this will be coming out after the fact. Oh, we'll find a way. Yeah, <laughs> we'll work something out. So we've we've been doing um, beer and wine tastings most Fridays. So yeah. we do actually have one this Friday, but also on the uh, I want to say the sixteenth Friday the sixteenth we've mm-hmm. got uh, SC Pinnell, um Winery that we're going to be tasting. So um, that seems to be working for us pretty well. So I think I'll keep doing that often, having some tastings and we came out for Shadow Facts the other day. So yeah. So Very good keep introducing new wines to the venue and yeah. winemakers to come and talk to people in breweries. So we've had a few uh, great um, breweries as well. So we've got Deeds coming on Friday and we've had Modus. Yeah. Uh, do you know Deeds, do <laughs> <Valhalla. laughs> Yes, I've heard of their work. <laughs> we've got the, uh, you may have heard of it, the um, Double Lamington. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> And the Festivus, so we've got those two new beers that are being launched on Friday. Um, we have the, uh, it's going to be the double IPA uh, pastry beer. Ah, from Deeds. Yes. That sounds nice. Sounds delicious. It's delicious. That's why I've dropped down a couple of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think uh, you should head to Pinnock in Flemington and then head down to yeah. the Royal Mail. It's so close to each other, it's not funny. Yeah, two train stations. Yeah, or an Ubs, or, mm. you know, you can... And thank you, Leanne, for coming onto the podcast yes. after all these <laughs> thank months. You. Yeah, thanks, heaps, mate. I appreciate it's it. Just to stop you from um, Annoying, yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. I'll start again. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you come on again? <laughs> It's um, two years. Let's do it. You were so good. We want you to be the third host. <laughs> <laughs> we always have, you always have to introduce a new character in the third season. Yeah. To keep it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be you. Excellent. Right, cool. Let's leave it there, I reckon. Thanks, Leanne. Thank you. Sometimes there is nothing better to do than to go out and get stuck into a few. I'm going to spend my time.